What's cracking? It's your homie, Lil Mystery. You are now listening to the Emo Brown Podcast, the downest fool in Chula Vista since AC Slater, homie. You're listening to Magrito Podcast Network, celebrating the culture of Chicanos and Latinos one story and voice at a time. Connect on social, on Instagram and Facebook at Magrito. Find all the Magrito Podcast Network shows over at magrito.net. Ladies and gentlemen and low lives, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Emo Brown, the podcast brought to you by the wonderful people at Grasshopper for your medicinal, recreational, cannabis needs, ghbuds.com. But make sure you're an Emo Brown social club member. Make that card clack, give 15% off of all your purchases. We're here in the all-star break for the San Diego Padres. And I thought reach out to one of the homies who has a Padre podcast, the Deep Fryer podcast, and the Compa Javi is here. Let's get fryer with it, boys. Hello. Damn. Tío, no champion. Bienvenido. Bienvenido. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Damn, bro. English or Spanish? What you want to fucking flow in today? You know what? I I don't really do the Spanish thing, but I could definitely oh, go back I'm gonna and jump forth in. I'm gonna jump in back and forth. First off, Javi, thank you for coming down to the studio. I've been tra- tracking you down, trying to get. We, we met up at the brewery. We first did. off, we did. We went. I said, "Hey, man, I'm going to call on you as soon as the All Star break comes because I'd like a." Uh, one, I'd like to know about your podcast. Two, I'd like a little first half roundup of good, bad, and ugly. Yep. Uh, I'd like to see what we have moving forward. Basically, I want all the fucking Padre shit. And I brought other podcasts in, and I've talked to other insiders and stuff, but I like listening to new podcasts. Yeah. Tell me about the new podcast. Tell me about the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, the history behind uh, the Defier in general. Um, I guess we'll start the name. Uh, the name actually came super easy. That's the one thing I get complimented on all the time. Like, homies hit me up. They're like, dude, that's a... Brilliant name. It's a sick name. It's a cool little pun. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, the reason where I, where I got the name from, it was actually just my fantasy baseball team name for the last decade. So it was something I already had in mind. The in deep fryer. The deep fryer. Exactly. Did you work in fast food or something or what? No. Wait, no, 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 it was obviously fryers, fryer, kind of a little pun there. Um, logo is awesome. Um, something I personally designed, just pass it off to the homie and he put it together. But the reason why I, I, I guess I wanted to start talking about the Padres in general, it was uh, 2019. Um, that's when obviously there's a lot of excitement around the future of the Padres that these was finally here. Machado was here. Um, and post 2019, when the season ended, all the Padres podcasts at the time that were live or active completely stopped in the off season. How many were there? How many dude, are there? Dude, it uh, seems like there's like fucking a, a, a plethora of them now. Now at the time, at the time there was like the, the ABC on fire podcast. There was the Gaslamp ball podcast. Um, on top of a few other ones. So um, the Hot Tub guys, those guys are amazing. Probably one of the better, if not the best podcast uh, around the Padres in San Diego. But yeah, there's definitely, there definitely a few. And But at the time, like I said, everyone just kind of stopped talking Padres and I'd be in my car and I'd just be replaying episodes. You know, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, I'm a DM, so I tend to drive around all over Southern California. So you can only listen to so much music. So podcasting and uh, podcasts are re- really becoming a thing and really important to me. It's just an time. easy transition, man. I mean, it's music so is cool. I appreciate it. I love it. But there's only so many times I can hear a song. Oh, you know without, a thousand percent without a doubt. So yeah, man. So that's kind of where it started. It was like, you know what? I want to talk Padres. No one else is doing it. So let me figure out a way to do this. And that's generally kind of the way the idea was just like driving in the what car. What was your go-to Padre podcast for here? Um, for down, like just general that yeah. I would listen to? 
Um, the Locked On Padres podcast was actually pretty interesting just because it was a, they do a daily one, right? Not is that the one. NBC one or which one is that one? No, it's like its own podcast network, right? So, but the fact that it was, uh, like I said, they just put content out every day. That was pretty interesting. It, it was cool. Kind of go, like, go, go to every day. Uh, but obviously we have uh, Ben and Woods in the morning and uh, their podcast, right? You can just find that replay. That I love I listening to the Ben and Woods show when, when we win. When we lose, I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even check in, bro. I don't even want to know what happened. Man, it's like Padres Twitter goes crazy, but it just all culminates on that morning show. Right? You're pretty active on Padres Twitter? Uh, yeah, I, I tend to be. Yeah? Uh, I tend to be, yeah. I just post a lot of, uh, try to interact with as many people as possible. I'm actually more active, I think, on Instagram just because that's where the base of the social media aspect of the Deep Fire kind of came in. Uh, that's where I started to get the most most followers. And from there, just really starting to build that presence within Padres Twitter itself. But last year was actually pretty cool because um, in order to kind of introduce the podcast to Padres Twitter in general, um, I ended up hosting a fantasy baseball league that was purely uh, devoted to like Padres Twitter. So I actually got to get quite a few different uh, members from a few other podcasts around the podcast. Rabid fans, bro. Dude, insane, They're savages. Insane. Win or lose, they talk shit. All the time. And they're always butthurt. All the time, man. Uh, but yeah, there's some good ones, man. Um, Padres Obsessed West is a really big uh, Padres presence in Padres Twitter. He was on in the league. Um, had some pretty good interactions, man. And like I said, just some pretty wild, uh, wild fans. Um, what I love about Padres Twitter, anytime a game ends and we beat a team, we'll go into the other team's like score. Tweet, just blow up their shit. And just blow up their shit. Look man. at it's you, man. So Fucking fun. cyber bullies, man. So good. No, it's so, horrible, dog. Come it's on, no bullies. Especially, <laughs> with, especially with the Dodgers, bro. Fuck the Dodgers. Oh, man. So you've been doing this podcast for a while now. You, you've been a lifelong fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I say lifelong, uh, I'd say I really, I drank the juice in 2009. Okay. I think that's when I was like, okay, I was, I was 19. How old were you? You're 19, 19 in 2009. Yeah. All right. Now I'm 32. Mm. Uh, but yeah, at the time I had, I was, I was 100% in San Diego. I actually grew up uh, right outside, uh, uh, right outside Temecula uh, in Paris. Paris, Paris Texas. Yeah, Paris, no? California. Paris, France. <laughs> Paris, California. Yeah, man. So just uh, desert. And the entire time that I grew up in, in that area, I mean, it's, there's a very big Angels presence from a fan base and Dodgers, right? Angels, Dodgers. No I, love for the Padres. No, not, not a lot of love for the Padres, especially in the Hispanic community in Paris. Uh, but I knew for a fact that I didn't want to be an Angel fan. It's hot as fuck up there, bro. Dude, it's hot as hell. But I knew for a fact I didn't want to be an Angel fan, right? But growing up as a kid, I uh, didn't want to be a Dodger fan because I fucking hate it. Yeah. I think I hate the Do like Dodger. The reason why I hate the Dodgers so much, other than the fact that they're the fucking Dodgers, like the fan base is just so fuck. Yeah. It sucks, bro. I'm, I like the Dodgers. I like the players. I like the organization. I like the way they gets down. There's a, but I mean, hey, let's not be fucking hypocrites. There's there's some no, shitty Padre yeah, fans yeah. too, bro. It's totally, man. But at the at that time, you know, like I said, I was like, I just do. I want nothing to do with this, right? So what's a yeah. what's a one thing that I could be just a part of? And there's no like, Dodger loving going here. Just no, to let you no, know, I, I just I'd, you know just relax. You gave me a look when I said I like the Do. I like the way they assemble their team. Imagine sure. that kind of a organizationally run Padre squad. Oh, it'd be amazing. You know what I'm saying? We'd be in and out. They're, every season, they are in the top free agent signing conversation. Every season, they're in the top trade talk conversation. They're in everything, bro. They truly are. So it. are we. But Players we always have our heart ripped out by anyone, everyone else. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. You know, it's funny because with, with us, like we have to, whenever we draft somebody, we have to hit, them, hit it around the head, right? Whenever we spend our money, we have to spend the money right. Um, when we develop somebody, they have to be developed top tier, right? We don't have the luxury if one of those things tends to fail yeah. to fall back on money. And yeah. that's the one difference between the Dodgers and 
pretty much any other money. Uh, yeah, twenty eight other teams in the league. I mean, I would I would put the Yankees in in the same categories then too, right? Have you had um, the opportunity to tap into anybody in the Padres organization, front of office, any of those big wigs, and kind of get them on record on anything? Do you have those sources up your uh, sleeve? You know what? From the podcast, and I guess we'll get into like kind of more where the direction and the vision I have for the podcast itself, but. Uh, yeah, I've actually got to interact with a few people within the organizations um, in, in terms of, but it, I guess it would just be more, not necessarily people making decisions, just people around the decision-making. So like uh, the head of sales uh, ticketing, um, just a good friend of mine, just from work-wise kind of transitioned over, but he kind of gives me some insight into just like the direction of, you know, their planning from a financial standpoint, what they want to do. I almost um, feel like you need those inside sources if you're going to have oh, a, a Padre podcast. Oh man. You know? yeah, it man. doesn't hurt. No, 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 not at all. And I've, uh, as far as the podcast goes, um, like I said, it's there's every single podcast out there right now um, and pages. It's not just podcasts, it's pages and Padres in general. Everyone's kind of like recapping the game, recapping the money, recapping um, every single stat. And that's truly not what I wanted the podcast to be. I didn't want it to just be another run of the mill. We're going to recap the game, let you know what you guys already saw, right? So really kind of focusing more around the culture, around the Padres. So I've actually had a few artists who make music around Padres, made pod, uh, songs about the Padres, had them on there kind of get their understanding into why they decided to do that, right? Or what the influence was around that. Um, Alex Bentley from the On Deck TV show, if you're familiar with him as well, I was chatting with these guys from um, uh, Ground Floor Murals. Um, just gets got to interact and kind of- The community. The community around the Padres. And that's kind of really been the focus. Obviously we still talk game, we still talk everything, but uh, the whole idea is like trying to get a per different perspective to just the numbers and the stats. How often do you guys put out a deep fryer podcast? Is it just you who puts it out? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, no, it's just myself. Um, the idea around it was, I, it was initially going to be me and my uh, homie of mine, but he kind of fell off. So since then, just kind of been managing, the, again, managing the social media, managing the podcast. They always fall off. They always fall off. <laughs> but you know what it is, man? It's it, it's been it's definitely been a fun, fun experience up to this point. It's a little passion project, like I said, how it started. And it's opened up a lot of doors and a lot of uh, been able to, uh, for example, connect with you today, right? It's I ain't all, shit, I, bro. It's all about... Uh, it's all about the community around. Yeah, for right? sure. I love the Padres, and I love everything associated with the Padres. And when we crossed paths, I was like, "Hell yeah, let's let's shoot the shit. Let's yeah. get you on the podcast. Like, be my little source that I come into, you know? Because we, like I said, we've had a uh, make the Padres great again. And I know he doesn't like when I name it that, but I always forget <laughs> Hot Tub Padres. I always forget the new name. Going to Vinci Gennaro, yeah. and uh, well, like we said, we talked to Darren Smith, we talked to Stephen Woods, we talked to all these guys about Padres stuff, and we even have Scout, an old retired Scout that comes in and shoots the shit with us and kind of gives us insight. I like that. Competitive yeah. advantage. I'd like to know the ins, the outs of what what it takes to operate a team from the scouting department all the way to like season ticket sales, all the way to signing and trading. Nope. Enough of these formalities, Javi. Yeah. Enough Let's of this. It. Let's do it. Let's get into the Padres. First season, the first half breakdown. Yep. What you foresee coming in the second half. Are you a fan of the all-star break? Okay, so currently all-star break where we're at first half of the season. Um, things that I like, obviously, what needed to happen happened in terms of Manny Machado, right? We knew that this was going to be out. Obviously, that was kind of a blow to us right before the, even, the season even started, right? He, the, him hopping on a motorcycle That's for whatever up, fucking reason. Pinchy deflating moment of the year right there, right? man. And it happened at the very beginning, right? Okay. But it happened for a while, and then they didn't say anything until like right when spring break started in full swing. Like, oh, hey, by the way, totally. as an aside... That this is going to be missed like the first three months of the season. We're like, oh, yeah. Well, that was crazy. So the whole story around that too, though, is that we were going through the players' union was uh, obviously negotiating with MLB players, right? So while he got hurt during those negotiations, he didn't have access to any of our doctors. He couldn't do X-rays. He couldn't report anything because he was still part of the 
obviously the union as a player, so he couldn't interact with MLB. So by the time that they negotiated the contract, cool, we can move forward with the season. That's when all these injuries got reported. So there was a lull where they just couldn't interact. Or that 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 is the hearsay That's the, story. That is the perceived, perceived idea. Story. But you better believe if you have a three hundred million plus investment on a 22, 23 oh, year old, you about to check in. I don't care if you're calling his mom, calling his dad, <laughs> calling his sister, calling his brother. You're checking in on Tatis to see how he's doing. You know? Oh, absolutely right. So again, three hundred million dollar person, right? Three hundred million, three hundred forty million dollar player. You invest a lot of money. The city's relying on this guy's talent, right, to be there every Face day. Face of baseball. Face of baseball, right? To make decision to hop on a motorcycle and obviously do something. It's 23, uh, bro. Not, Relax. It's, so it's 23. Weird. Pero está chiquito el vato, bro. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot yeah, of money. Yeah. Uh, $340 million. Hopefully we can use this dynamic. as like a learning experience for him. Hopefully these are all things that, you know, like, oh, shit. Okay. Well, that's how I conduct myself. Oh, okay. So this, uh, okay. Because it almost seemed like he was very standoffish throughout the whole uh, spring training and initial conversations. Like, hey, hey, but. He's a youngster. Yeah. He's learning to be a professional in, in his craft, you know? He truly is. And I mean, at the end of the day, he is uh, he is beloved by San Diego. Uh, everybody. San Diego, everybody. Yeah, so, even Dodger fans love him, bro. Yeah. He could do no wrong other than the, the wrong that he did. But other than that, I mean, he's he's good. He, he's good hands. And I mean, he's around the corner. So going back to what I was saying, going into the expectations for 2022 is if knowing that Tatis was going to be gone, be gone, Machado really needed to step up, right? And kind of take on that workload. And that is exactly, exactly what happened. Um, obviously, he's putting together an MVP caliber season. At this point, in my opinion, you got, what, Goldschmidt potentially giving him a run for his money. But even then, Goldschmidt has way more pieces. And that team would have been exactly where they are with or without Goldschmidt. With us, if, if we didn't have Machado in this The bottom falls out, man. We wouldn't be here. Man, we've, we've been operating we with a third minor league players in the starting lineup for like since day one, dude, that bottom half, that three, uh, that six, seven, no, oh, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, not existed. Not, not a knock on these players because they're young. They're just not. They're, really. fi- they're figuring it out. C.J. Abrams was among those initially, and he now finally seems to be sniffing what's coming his way. He, he seems to have turned the page and, and, and is developing and, and getting these valuable uh, at-bats in the major league level under his belt and, and developing into what everyone hopes and thought he was going to be. But there's these other ones that showed up that really, Azokar, I love him. I think he's going to be a legit like role player, yep. but, but it's too, he's, too, he's too inexperienced to be thrown into the fray of these things. 1,000%. So yeah, to, I, I think to your point, I think the inexperience is the correct word there, right? It's just too young and he's in the thick, in the thick of a arms race within Expected to us. perform exactly. out of the gate. Exactly. Man. And you can't do that. You can't do that. Not everyone's at that these, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to come up and immediately start throwing up 40 bombs and stealing 40 bases. You're not going to do ridiculous, that. That's ridiculous, man. Dude, the guy's... Tatis in general, he's it's, it just kind of goes why he's worth that money, right? But for everybody else, it's it's like it's hard to have those expectations, meaning that the rest of the team at that point has to pick up to pick up a little bit of that weight, right? So and Hosmer did for a little bit, and Hosmer did. That was actually what I was getting to. Like going into the season, right? You kind of expected Hosmer to be Hosmer, right? The ground ball gremlin is what they call him. On is Twitter that what they now. call him? Yeah, <laughs> right. But then he all of a sudden he had that first four weeks. But then historically, he's actually done that before, right? He's he's historically he's started off hot, then he just cools down. He's cooled um, the fuck off, but dude. you know I don't. I'm not so much upset with the way he handles a bat, more so the way he handles a glove. I, I, I it's both. I, it's definitely both. But he looks lost at first base, man. Like his mechanics, like I, I don't know. I don't think I've seen any other major league first baseman like have the same amount of footwork that he, the same footwork that he does. Like no one take who steps behind a bag to try to um, pick a ball. Right? Has anyone ever asked him that, dude? I, I, I'm sure. 
I'm sure it's come up. I don't believe any sort of reporter has had the ball. Do they handle him with like kid gloves or something? Why? I don't think any reporter has been like, has had the balls to like directly ask him like, yo, why are you not tweaking your swing? Or why are you doing this? Why is your footwork the way it is, right? Um, Yeah, I don't think anyone's done that. At this point, it's somebody needs to, right? And I think we're too far gone also as well, right? He's not going to change, right? He's he's the player who's going to be and who's the rest of his career. Right. We acquired a World Series champion. That's exactly And to try to talk out a, a, a World Series champion from old habits and how to develop new ones, that's tough. Yeah, it, it really is, right? And, and you know, I love Hosmer. I think when we we're when we we're at the bar, I mentioned, like, you know what? I, I, I like how Hosmer for what he is. I know the team loves him. He's a clubhouse presence. And I think your answer was, you know, fuck the clubhouse. Like, let's just fucking make it happen, let's right? Let's make it happen. And and, and that's, that, is a, that is an absolute true statement. But it, it's kind of hit and miss, man. You saw this team last year just give up. Right, just give up after the second half. Something went wrong. What do you attribute that to? Um, five five foot seven manager. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think that's that's kind of the thing, right? It's like nobody wants, nobody respected Tingler. Um, I mean, going even before that, no one respected our previous manager. Yeah, so Andy Green was yeah, no walk in the park either, my friend. No, but you know what? At least Andy Green. Yeah. For for me personally, I thought Andy Andy Green actually went out, defended his players. He was a players play, a players manager, right? But. His, his flaw was that he couldn't manage personalities and contracts. And once you, you have the Hosmer one, great. You have the Myers one, great. But now you include Machado. Now you choose, uh, now you include a huge personality in Tatis. It's just not going to work. It was right? out of his realm of expertise, man. A thousand percent. So the decision-making there was to go find another manager. So you bring somebody like Jace Tingler, who has a zero experience, right? But uh, the idea, uh, obviously, he came from the Rangers organization. So AJ Prellerby loves his old squad. A hundred percent. I mean, some of them are working out. You got Mazar right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he, any, anybody associated with the Rangers, Preller's like, give him to me. I got it. Right? Little known fact about Mazzaro, he has the longest home run on stat track record since it started like in 2015 or whatever. 505 feet. No shit. There you go. That, wow. that, that's what I have to contribute today. <laughs> the weed be potent today, my friend. The weed be potent. Uh, dude, that's so good. Um, no, that's a stat I didn't know. Thanks for letting me know. I actually just, uh, you know, sidebar. Um, I, some minor leaguer man just hit a 530 yeah. something foot home run. Like, yep. like how the fuck is that? He, he leaned man? into it, man. That oh, a triple A affiliate. Oh, I just saw the highlight too. But yeah, man, those those things are crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, wild. How does our farm system look? Are we poised to be movers and shakers around the trade deadline? You know what? A uh, couple things. Um, obviously, some big news over the last week is Juan Soto is now available, right? And Imagine having the luxury of declining a 15 year 400. 40 mil. Imagine. Imagine being that guy. 440 million, 15 years? Nah, I'm past. Does that speak more to what his goals and ambitions are financially or what his uh, expectation was from his current team? Because let's not forget, the Nationals are two seasons removed from being world champions. Correct. But I, I, I think there's a lot that goes into that, right? I personally don't think he wants to be a National long term, right? Um, yes, they are two years removed from being National champions, but a lot went right for them that season. I'll say that. Um, and also, they're getting older. You know, Strasburg's hurt. He hasn't been able to put a full season since the 2019 season. Um, so, yeah, I think for him, it's like 440 mil. Anybody in the right mind would take that. But I think for him, he knows that he can get the same or more money elsewhere to maybe a more palatable team, right? Somebody that can win now. Somebody can win in the future. With Nas- with the Nationals, it's going to be, you know, tweaking here and tweaking there. Might be there. Might see him there in another 10 years, right? Within a decade. I think he just wants to win, win now and then win as many as he can. I just think it's weird that now, well, not weird. I think it's awesome, but I also think it's heartbreaking 
that we're included in all of these trade rumors. We're always slated to be, oh, you know, a top team, a potential target, the San Diego Padres. Oh, they're outgoing and unpredictable general manager, the deep pockets of the ownership. And it's like Peter Sale, it's all these things start aligning and just ultimately get our hopes up. Mookie Betts on the table. We could have had him. We opted not to. Yep. Scherzer. Fuck. Scherzer. I think we were played there. I almost oh, think that, that, yeah, I, I think that one, I, I don't put it on, I don't really put it on, on Preller or the front office. I think, I think, I think we were played, you know, Scott Boros knows what he's doing, bro. Oh, he does. But you know, Padres Twitter, man. It's the, the second that tweet came out, like, oh yeah, come, I, I don't know how or what it was. Like, it's, it wasn't a confirmation that he was coming, but it was like, it's going to happen. Confirmation. Um, Free agents and, are one thing. Trades are another. I feel like in the trade game, we can't be used as props as much as in the free agency game. So when it fits in the trading world, I almost feel like the Padres could make a legitimate run for Soto, but how much is too much? How small is our window? And how all in do we want to go? And then there's a variable of how much leeway is AJ Preller being given moving forward? Does he have to win now? Yeah, I definitely think there's a few different uh, things that kind of the way you can look at it, right? So from a variable standpoint, our pitching staff is good is currently set and it's one of the best pitching staffs you're going to see and they're going to be together for another two years right then it's going to start falling off right then you either expect young guys to come in or we're going to continue to trade for people so if i think this is the window that we can win maybe one maybe two back to back this is the window so right? you go in so that that's what the variable right like do you do you bet do you go all in or do you hope that you try to sustain it and remain sustainable and competitive and maybe you catch fire like the 2019's nationals and catch fire and just because at the end of the day you just got to get in the you got to get in the tournament right if you're in the tournament anything can happen it's a crapshoot reasons right. not to trade for juan soto we had like three fucking players that came out historically bad to start the season bro jay cronenworth definitely did not expect him to be hovering around the 200 marker up until like june and then in june he had a, a killer june mm-hmm. and now enough to parlay that july into an all-star appearance, you know? Yep. So I think that's awesome. Trent Grisham, he's still trying to battle his way out of a fucking wet paper bag. And it's hard. He, he, you can see that he's trying to make adjustments, but he sometimes looks like he's lost up there. Jerickson Profar, he started up and he was pretty much a one-trick pony. And that one-trick pony obviously was going long, but he also he brought the defensive game to, to, to his catalog of, of, of tools. And he really stepped up and he was over here leading the league in putouts for a while. Mm-hmm. So he did his thing that needed. Hassan yep. Kim, I'm a big fan. And I feel like he just is turning the corner right now. Mm-hmm. Hitting like run 240, doing his thing, starting to like catch up to major league pitching. What if all of these guys all of a sudden just start clicking now? In addition, we get that injection of a Fernando Tatis, a top three player in all of baseball. Top five. We haven't seen him play in a while. Right. So definitely a top five player in all of baseball injected into our lineup. Is that enough? So that's the gamble, right? So that's the gamble. So do you go in? Do you go? If you can't, I guess the the consensus is if you can get somebody like Soto, you get somebody like Soto. But at the same time, to your point, it's like we got somebody like Soto mm. is Tatis. Yeah. And we're getting Tatis, right? So that's like adding somebody at the trade line anyway, right? Um, and then you can and then you can make some maybe smaller supportive role like trades, right? It's getting like an Ian Happ. Contreras from the Cubs. That could be an easy deal. Was it Contreras any day of the week, bro? Oh, dude, easy, right? And Where then, do we put him? We'll figure it out. I, you know, we'll figure it out. A thousand percent. You get Wilson Contreras. I mean, Aaron, uh, Austin Nola, love the dude, but that trade, I mean, looking at it now, obviously, Ty, Ty France, yeah. the MVP, he's putting the, like his own 
MVP type season as well. So I think if you get someone like Contreras, maybe you deal someone like Austin as well, get rid of them. Um, who knows, man? You can make some different. You can make some different changes. Like you can run two, three backstops if you wanted to, but. Who knows? We're gonna, They've we been are stepping get up of late. They have been stepping up. Oh, Jorge Alfaro is the uh, he's a legit hero now in San Diego, bro. Yep. Uh, to the point where the the crew over here from Ground Floor Murals came over to the brewery and popped one in the back of the brewery, and he's become a cult figure in San Diego. Dude. Let's fucking go, San Diego! Like everyone's about that life. Jorge Alfaro, he's had one of those journeyman type careers, right? Where he's had all the talents, but no, never, never really put it together, right? And sometimes it's not about talent, man. Sometimes it's just like, are you comfortable, right? Being comfortable will let anybody succeed, excel in anything, right? Um, and Jorge Alfaro has been, I think, the city itself has contributed to that a lot. Our fan base has supported this team and backed this team. Uh, probably the most, I, I, probably the most invigorated fan base I've seen San Diego be in my time being a Padre fan. Even Austin Nola has done his fair share. Yeah, I get it that he gets a, just a, if, if we remove the way and the method that we acquired him via trade and who we had to give up to get him, he has done okay. He's also been hit by the injury bug, so it, it's been hard to put his his uh, stats up on the uh, on the comparison table with everyone else. But I almost want to say he's he's slowly coming together, making making a case for like keep me. Don't don't you don't gotta let me go. We've got to. I don't think that is our weakest link. No. I just think it's a lack of depth right now. Yeah, it's true. The lack of depth in bullpens, man. So <laughs> uh, bullpen depth, man, I think it's just probably one of the biggest things that we can correct. And we got the home run derby. We got the home run derby on, on right now. Baby. Look at that. Yeah, I think so. I think if we keep the team as is, right? Say, don't go for a Soto. I think getting Ian Happ, Wilson Contreras on the team, you make that happen. Fuck that, Javi. We go all in, bro. We go all in. We get Juan Soto. Who are we giving up? Where does it start? Where does the conversation start? Um, definitely has to include... Uh, Hassel, uh, Joshua Mears, James Wood. Um, Him, Wood too? Dude. I, every fucking time I see a highlight of James Wood, that fool is just a beast. Yeah, he's not set to arrive. They, you know, um, prospect uh, dugout puts out like- He's only like 20 years old, right? Yeah he's, yeah, he's not set to arrive in the majors till about 2025, right? So again, going back to the window and then going back to where do you want to go? Do you want to be sustainable long-term or do you just go all in and hope for, for the best, right? And hopefully it just works out. We get the dub. Go and then we come back next year. Go for another World Series, right? Um, we're just in a good spot. I think we're in a good spot right now. The one thing that I think can really make a difference in terms of going for Juan Soto is again the sustainability. Do we lose? Does that include Gore? Does that include Abrams? Does that include Hassel? I think it has where do to you include, draw the line? You're the GM now. I think I can give up the, at most, right? There's a contract that has to get even as well in that, right? If we go all in, lose. Or maybe out of our top five prospects, take three, maybe four of those five. You have to take a contract like a Hosmer with you. What I've been reading about the Nationals, they're also trying. They to have dump their them. Hosmer on their hands. They have Patrick Corbin, yeah. who they're trying to dump. So if we did twenty-three a, million dollar pitcher. Worth it? No, <laughs> no. But if we take, if we, like I said, the aforementioned players, say we give up four of the five top of our top five, take a Soto, take a Corbin, and we give them a Hosmer. The Nationals still save about 20 million bucks, right? On the, on, so they still save some money. They get a lot of prospects. They do give up on Soto, but we do eat the rest of the contract for Corbin. And we save ourselves some money as well. Um, the thing about, if you get Soto, you have to sign Soto. Yeah. Right? It has to be like a trading sign. There's you get no him for way. three playoff appearances at bare minimum if we trade for him. We get him for this season, this half season mm -hmm. for the home stretch. We get him next year. 
Yep. And then we get him the follow him here. And then he is a free agent candidate, you know? Yep. And that's when it's going to get nasty. If there was some sort of affirmation saying, you know what? I like the Padres. I'll stick around. Because imagine having a 23-year-old Soto, 23-year-old Tatis, 29-year-old. I think he just turned 30, Machado, bro. Three, four, five right there. Two, Easy. three, four right there. You can follow up with a Mazzara who, I don't know who he talked to in the offseason, but they shortened his swing from being like a super loopy, long power hitter who two times out of 10 was going to connect. And unfortunately, that, that doesn't cut it in the majors. You need at least three times out of 10. Correct. And I feel like this season, he's doing that. He's hitting well over 310. He's, he's not striking out as much. He's not a liability in the field. I feel of all of the Ranger pickups that, uh, that, that Prowler has done, Profar and him have been the two shining lights, the beacons of hope. Like, all right, maybe it's not all that bad. Correct. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Mazzara, to your point, I mean, he's been like a breath of fresh air in the outfield. He's um, been a savior. Without him, we'd be lost right now, man. Thanks. We'd be playing rooks. We'd be playing some other guys out there. That, mm-hmm. Ruiz is cool, but I think he's still too young. But you can see that there's a little bit of a little bit of magic in him in the way he does things, bro. He's got that flair. Basically, we've got a team that we can build around moving forward. Bro, we hadn't even brought up Jake Cronenworth in that lineup. We haven't even talked about the role Luke Voigt can play now that he's slowly creeping out, you know? Right. He's another guy who's passionate. You yeah. come from New York, he just got to get comfortable here. It's a different game. It's a different way of playing. I think he's coming into it. He's just showing off a little of that chest there. He's always showing a little bit of that swag. So, I mean, that's what we need, I feel. No, you know, when when Vu came over, Voigt came over, uh, I, I was stoked on the fact that I'm like, yo, we're going to get a true power hitter, right? Someone whose sole job is to hit bombs. And for him to not produce to the expectation that he's even that he's even expecting for Adam himself, not let alone Padres Twitter expectations, right? But just he expects to be. Oh yeah, a but fucking Padres Twitter expected that vlogger to be the next coming of pinchy Roger Maris or something, bro. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. I was I was one of them. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, yo, he's gonna hit forty <laughs> bombs, forty hundred and ten RBIs. Baby. He'll hit two forty, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, to your point, I think it's like coming to his own. There's a huge conspiracy that um, I'm not sure how much you buy into it, but like the baseballs, right? We know the baseballs have been deadened. Uh, first half of the season, there's a conspiracy that they're going to be deadened. And then there comes summer post all-star break. They're going to come out with the regular balls, the juice balls. And now you're going to start since, since baseball is going to be the only product to watch outside of NBA, no NBA, no football, right? Now you're actually going to get eyes on the game. Now you want to start. So these, so these warning track power pops, they're going to start going into the fourth, fifth row of the, that's a, that's a conspiracy theory. And if that, and if that is the case, if they are going to somehow change the balls again, uh, then you have something like Lavoie that will be a benefactor of that, right? He's going to be, he's going to do exactly what we expected. And if we get another 20, 15 to 20 home runs out of him between now and October, great. All right, that's exactly what we need, right? Anything more than that? Dude, could the Padres afford three, 300 plus million uh, contracts? Dude, that's crazy. Uh, that's what, when the fuck did that happen? <laughs> I mean, the reality, the reality is, um, can they? Yeah, I mean, you got to think what, what having star players come to a team, people tend to buy jerseys yeah. more, right? They show up to more games. You tend to have more money. For a lot of people hitting that City Connect jerseys, God damn it, if they haven't sold out <laughs> multiple hand times over and it's like one of the top two, top three. I think it's the, the top. It's the top. The top City, City Connect, Connect jersey that was on as it releases sales. Exactly. It's like, that's ridiculous, but it isn't. We were at the Chula Vista block party last week and they took out their big old bus traveling with all the new merch. They were selling, bro. Yeah. Lines and There was lines for like 30 minutes just to buy a hat. 
Dude, it's funny when yeah when they were released. Obviously, there's like a lot of rumors. Like again, Padres fans are just just crazy, right? We're they, hungry. They're hungry. We're hungry, they're bro. Just, they're just ready, bro. They're Any ready. little they fucking morsel of of good news or positivity, we yep. devour it quickly. Exactly. So the, obviously, there's a lot of different renderings of what they thought they were going to look like based off a little snippet of what they think they saw on a batting glove on that somebody got released. Uh, but anyway, there's all these <laughs> different renderings, right? And all the renderings were actually fairly close. To what we got, I, obviously the new the new designs are obviously a lot sleeker, a lot cleaner. Um, the colorway still it's it, it, seeing somebody walk down the street wearing the jersey throws me off, but seeing the players on the field next level, it, oh dude, it with the so cleats, good. with the glove, with so the bands, good. with everything, I'm like, it is good. Seeing the product on the field, yeah. man, like it looks good. So uh, yeah, I'm stoked. I, I'm stoked on those. I, I huge fan of the those are all ge- revenue generators. Exactly. You know exactly. So making money, right? So people players coming off the books. But you know what I think about someone like Soto, though, right? Four hundred forty. You, you're yeah, we're Myers off the books after this year, mm-hmm. right? Then we saw three more years. Drops from twenty plus to fourteen next yeah. year, and then one more year, and then he's off. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's kind of like okay, our pitching has been solid. Yeah. Our pitch, our starting pitching has been solid. So, top three, at least in the National Easy. League. You know, Easy. in the National League, top three. So I feel like okay, and we've got a we got depth there. You know, we've got the the, the five stars and, and Musgrove, obviously all star. You Darvish again, perennial. He's, he's a stud. And then Blake Snell, and a little questionable. He's starting to turn it around. I feel like he's coming to his own again. Yeah, I think he's I think he's someone that you if someone's interested in a trade, and you, I think it's he's, he's available. That, he's someone you're, that's he's available, available, right? Clevenger, um, another one. He's been do. I, I like the way he came back. Tommy yeah. John, second Tommy John. He took a little time off. He came back strong. His ball's moving. His fucking curveballs or his changeup, his binos. Like everything he's doing is, it, I'm liking. Yeah, you know. So I, that's four starters right there that are fucking legit. They are, but you got Clev. He's coming off the books. Mm-hmm. He's done through the after. Either we resign him. Or is it we this let season or next season? This season. All right. All right. So we got to do something with him. Right? He'll resign. We yeah. He fits San Diego. He fucking so is perfect, San Diego to the T, exactly, bro. Exactly, bro. Exactly. And he's so, in love with Ruben Nivella, bro. So as soon as they brought uh, Ruben from the pitching coach from the Indians, yep. everybody that I've that I've heard talk and praise is like, bro, this guy changed my career. Bro, this guy changed my career. Now that he's with the Padres, some of the Indians that are here with us, they're like, oh, fuck yeah. He's not leaving. Clevenger's not leaving. I'm more worried about Musgrove leaving. You know, it's funny and kind of goes hand in hand with the conversation, right? Like, can we afford three stars? And Tatis, Machado, now Soto. You still got to, I mean, we still got to sign the hometown kid, yeah. right? And then uh, going back to Ruben Evia, just shout out to, shout out Calesia. You Ooh, know, what's up? Uh, Chicali town. Chicali, baby. Over here, Imperial Valley. The Imperial Valley. Yeah, man, I actually lived in Imperial Valley for like three years. Um, work moved me out there, long stories, but uh, good people, man. Good Hell people. yeah, it's hot yeah. as fuck, bro. Hot as fuck. My hot daddy's from down there. He's from uh, Holtville, from Calexico. Oh, yeah. So he, he was, I think, I don't even know where he was born. I don't know if he was born in Mexicali or Calexico. But yeah, while they were living in Mexicali, he moved over here to Holtville to go to Calexico High School, bro. Oh, no so shit. we were down, We, I think twice a month, we would go and visit people down in Mexicali. So I, I was down there a lot. It's fucking hot and annoying. Yeah, it's, it's hot, man. But you know what? The, there's family. Hell yeah. uh, it's so like family oriented, man. It's such a good place to be, but- Anyway, back to the back to uh, the pitching man. Yeah, Nieblad, he's doing a lot. Like, who doesn't want to work? Who doesn't want to be under that guy, right? Uh, Clevenger's firsthand uh, firsthand look. Um, the what Gore has been able to do this season under Nieblad, um, working out the kinks and actually being successful in his rookie season, doing extremely well. It's kind of right? tailing off right now. I feel like he's getting people are starting to recognize. This is the thing about the majors. I feel like from an outside perspective, watching in, it doesn't take long for them to understand what you're coming with. You know, it's like all right. This is the book on Gore. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to do this. Spit on that. Spit on that. Wait for this. So pretty soon it becomes like, all right, okay. Just waiting for my pitch. And then, whew, and it almost seems like they know. Not that he's tipping, but 
they're becoming accustomed to him. So it's up to him and Ruben, the pitching coach, to kind of tweak and say, all right, you know what? You're doing too much here or you've done this too much. Let's switch this up. I have full confidence in him going all the way with it. You know, he he's a stud, bro. He's a stud in the making. Mm-hmm. Morejon, he's a fucking stud yep. in the making, dude. We have studs, you know? Mm-hmm. We have studs. We have arms to get rid of if we are going to procure a Soto. I say fucking goal in. He's 23. Yeah. Juan Soto is 23. So if we're getting rid of a hassle who is 20, 21, 20. I think, yeah, he just, just turned, turned 20. 20. Yeah, just turned 20. Youngster. James Wood, youngster. Yep. And Mears, a little older, but still a youngster. This guy is the king of the youngsters in Juan Soto, bro. Yep. At that point, we would have three of the top 10 offensive players in all of the majors. Easy. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I, I And I'm not a big I'm not, I'm not someone that says, you know, we're going to hold all the prospects and keep them in the pocket and keep them in the books until they, until they blossom. Definitely uh, prospects are capital, right? It's money. It's fluid money. You move them, right? If you look back at our top 10 prospects in 2019, Shit. it was Luis Urias. What's yeah. he doing? Yeah. Right? Better than Grisham right but, now. Yes. Right now. But right the, now. Luis Patino, right? Uh, constantly hurt. Constantly hurt. Tramel, Taylor Tramel. Mm. He was the guy that we traded Fran Mil Reyes yeah. for, right? We got Taylor Tramel in. Even then, Fran was on a, is not, not doing well right now. Exactly, right? So we, so it's a f- prospect. Imagine are very holding fluid. on to Sean Burroughs. Imagine holding on to Khalil Green. Imagine holding on to all of these prospects that we were told. These are the ones. This is the savior. Mm. Uh, Chase Headley. Uh, all of these guys. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I trade all these right. motherfuckers, bro. Always, right? Always, Always. going to be trading them. And you're going to have those conversations like Ty France now, right? Like, damn. We really let him go. Corey Lupe, well, not Corey Lupe, fucking Cy Young Award winner with the Indians, remind me. Pitcher Uh, went over there. Fuck. Our our, our guy? Yeah, he went to the Indians and he he won a Cy. Anyway, they got a Cy Young Award winner off of us and we're like, oh man, that could have been our guy. No, he was with us and we were unable to develop him to that level. level. He went to that team and that team was able to develop him to that level. There's no assurance that we keep these the players that we traded and then we're going to grow into that role here. Right. Ty France did what Ty France did. Mm-hmm. And now Ty France is a whole new Ty France with the Mariners. Yes. And he's ripping down there. Luis Torrance is over there. Not doing much. Not doing much. You know? So, I mean, eh, it's a bit, a little bit of luck, but I feel like we, we, we prospect love too much. We prospect protect too much. Right. right. I, I think the MLB fans as a whole, right? But I think, yeah, from, so currently all these names, are, they're big names, right? But at this, to your point, what I was saying earlier, we don't expect these guys to even be ready till like 2024, 2025, 2026, you have a window now where you have probably one of the best pitching staffs the Padres has ever put together, right? And you have a team with Tatis coming back. You got Machado, right? His prime. Is this the time where you just say, hey, fuck it. Let's go. Get rid of these four. Yeah. If they're asking for four top prospects, Preller, the one thing, say what you want about Preller, he is great at identifying talent, yep. right? His, the, his scouts, his team that he put together. His job is not to develop this talent. Right. His job is to spot talent in the international market and say, all right, you know what? Boom. Let's take a waiver on this guy. Let's take a waiver on that guy. And he, more often than not, for every Fernando Tatis, there is a Jorge Ona. You know, mm-hmm. there is that kind of a player that, you know, oh, he's got all the tools, but he just doesn't really, it doesn't click and it doesn't develop. Maybe that is on, on Preller. Maybe he, he needs a better uh, uh, eye to creating a staff, creating a, a development program that these youngsters come in yep. and they can flourish in it. Exactly. But as fine as far as finding talent, you're right, bro. Preller, Preller gets down. He's second to none. I don't yeah. give a fuck if he's passing bad medicals or if he's under if he's over there paying on the sly. Like, hey man, yeah, I get it. Yeah, he's 16. Here's a million dollars for your family. Just remember when it's time for international signing day, you come our way. 
I don't give a fuck how you did it done. Preller's a thug, bro. He's yeah. he's the one guy that he's the one GM got suspended for doing a little backdoor deal that didn't Doesn't work matter. out. You know, oh, we're just not I gonna want, give him the medical. I records. want that on my team. Exactly. I want that guy leading my team because that yeah. fucking tells me he's gonna do everything it takes to be the winner, to be a champion. Hasn't paid off yet. Is he on the hot seat? That's a good question. I think if you asked uh, our our previous Fowler, he would have said yes, right? Because he said that. He <laughs> loves him, bro. But, Fucking loves him. I think he's a fanboy for Prowler. Oh, I think so too. Um, no, I don't. I, I think, I think if he, if this season, if this All Star break is anything like last All Star break where we only brought in, uh, what was his name? Uh, second base. Second baseman for the Pirates. Yeah, yeah. We brought, that was like the only move we made. What happened to him in the offseason? He hasn't. He's gone. failed to show up. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think from this point forward, I think he just every decision has to hit. Uh, I think you have all the tools in your arsenal, right? You have the prospects to trade. You have the capital. You have the team backing you on money. And they've that's been the case, right? But now this is our window. So I just feel I think, bad because these guys have been, they've been trying to move Hosmer for so long that it's, it turns into this like fucking such a big hype machine. Oh, it's happening, it's, it's happening. And then, it's a fucking joke at this point, man. Um, yeah, I think uh, uh, somebody just asked Hosmer maybe like two days ago and they're like, hey, how do you feel about the trade? The pro- Oh, it's on Apple TV, the Apple uh, broadcasting. They're like, hey, how do you feel about all the rumors? And he's like, Man, it happens every year, dude, yeah. right? It's whatever. Uh, <laughs> Let me translate that. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm getting paid $20 million to play first base for the San Diego Padres. <laughs> I could give a shit, you know? <laughs> could give a shit, exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of been the, those are the two things right there, right? That have um, hindered Preller to truly um, become that World Series GM is that contract, that Hosmer contract has, who knows how many deals has that that contract <laughs> that fucking through. name has been involved in so many deals probably, bro. It has fallen through, bro, <laughs> right? Because of that. So that's the one thing. Like the big Hosmer contract at the, t- at the same time wasn't necessary at the time when we signed Hosmer? Definitely. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Is there was necessary no, now? Yeah. No, no, no. no, no, no. no. I mean, shit. Yeah. Jay Cronenworth could step in and handle first base and just come out looking like a stud. A thousand percent. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And he came over with, the, with Tommy Pham. So he was just throwing. It was bro, the Tommy Pham Or trade. was he? Or was he? That's that's also the the thing that people underestimate on on Preller. Picking up a dude like Cronenworth just as a last second add on, like hey, you know what, fuck it, yeah yeah, we'll do the trade. But how about this guy? There was no room for him to grow with the fucking Rays, bro. Yeah. So he got him, and now he's our he's our all star, yep. two year all star, better first baseman that are starting first baseman. Yep. He, and he's flexible. He can play different positions, yeah. right? You can. Offset. My favorite part is when fucking makes a stellar play. I don't know if you saw the, the game a couple nights ago. Um, he's playing in the shift, so he's playing deep, almost behind first base. Dives, catches it, looks up. Hosmer was caught ball watching, watching Cronenworth <laughs> just kind of dive and play. So Cronenworth catches it, boom, gets up to throw it, and he sees that Hosmer is like nowhere near the bag. And given the the runner may have already been like going to be safe anyway, mm-hmm. but Hosmer took that opportunity away. And and you could see on multiple occasions on different plays, Cronenworth just kind of like shake his head and be like. This fucking guy. Yeah. You know, I might be looking to him and the weed might be talking, but I, I almost feel like, I don't think Cronenworth is eye with Hosmer, bro. I, I almost feel like he's like, Jesus Christ, fool. I'm going to take your position soon. Yeah. You know what? It, it is what it is. I, I think I think there's definitely a lot of plays where Hosmer, you're like, what the fuck? And I mean, if we're saying that, I mean, the players on the field, they, I mean, they, they know what Let's not get it confused. Like. Let's not get it they twisted. We have no opportunity to do what these guys do. The worst player in the major leagues is 5,500 times better than what you and I can do even if we dedicated the next two years of our life to figuring it out. Totally. It's not us. But being these armchair quarterbacks that we are, being yep. the general managers at home, you see that, oh, wow, everyone else is really ripping it. Mama dude over here can't scoop a ball at first. Right. How'd you get all these gold gloves? Jesus Christ. 
And the decline, man, the, the decline's insane, right? But like I said, uh, um, if we're noticing it on the field, right? You know, armchair quarterbacks, the players themselves have to be, right? So to. yeah, they have to. And even these little nuances, they might not say it, but you'll see these little reactions, right? Mm-hmm. To your point, mm-hmm. like you're just like, Cronenworth, just kind of that little. And I've seen, I, more than anyone, I've seen Cronenworth do it the yeah. most when, he, well, I mean, because he's there. He, he's second base. So sometimes he'll be there making plays and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, late to cover. Oh, you should have picked that. Yep. Oh, that shouldn't be an error. Come on. That's yep. got to play. But then again, for every Cronenworth and him, you got him a child that's like super best friends and they're, they're exactly all about that life. Exactly. I think the younger generation Padres, so your uh, Cronenworth, your Kim's, like they have no affiliation to Hosmer other than, hey, that's fucking Hosmer. <laughs> Why is this right? fucker here? <laughs> totally, right? But your Machado, I mean, these guys, I mean, they grew up in Miami together, right? Yeah. They, they were like on, um, uh, 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 what is it? The, the Olympic team. All-American yeah. team uh, together uh, representing Miami. Like it, insane. So they've been together a long time. So of course that's the boy, right? You know, sometimes best friends don't tell each other what you need to fucking hear. Sometimes you're like, hey, that's my guy. I'm gonna ride with him. How do we beat the Dodgers, fool? Fuck, burn down fucking Dodger Stadium. We'll start there. Um, no, you know what, man? Our pitching staff. Uh, at the end of the day, if we're gonna if we're gonna win this year, it's gonna be because of our pitching staff. Everything else is gonna be secondary to that. They've um, owned us now for like the last fourteen games. Like I think they have like two games, two to two and twelve against them or some shit like yeah, that. It's it's stupid, man. You saw what they did to Manea when the first home series here, right? They just crushed them. I was Sunday games like what is it 12, 12 to one, eleven to one, something like that. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the Dodgers are gonna dodge. Right. The the one thing, the one thing that's in our benefit is that we know that we can fucking put up a fucking we can put up a fight with them too. Um it's just that this team just cannot fucking give up the way they have. So the, how we beat the Dodgers now, um, pitching needs to continue to do what they're doing, and then the offense needs to catch up. That these needs to come back healthy. Juan Soto. And Juan fucking Soto. I'm telling you, bro. Yeah. Get rid of it all. CJ Abrams, is he in the deal? Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, yeah. You think yeah. so? I think so. I think. Uh, I think. If what if it was Gore or Abrams and two or three prospects in their top ten? I'd say. I'd say the ones that are for sure in that deal. Hassel. I think let's start there. Hassel. Josh Ramirez for sure in that deal. Um, I think maybe you throw in somebody like a Grisham in that deal. And if they are going to eat some contracts, I think that's where Abrams um, and or Gore go as well. Right. I, I think. It, Who are you more inclined to let go, Gore or Abrams? That's a good question. Because uh, if they do take, so if they do take the Hosmer deal, then I keep Abrams, and here's why. So Cronenworth just, you know, slides over Slide to first. Slide over. Exactly. Abrams slides over to second. That these comes back short, and then you got Kim as a your your utility role, role. Utility yeah. role right? Uh, there's also a world where that these plays center field. Then you got. Kim playing, who has a phenomenal glove, <laughs> way better glove, bro. way better glove. Yeah, he's Keep elite. Short At short, he is elite. Oh, every 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 stat, every metric has elite, an elite, exactly. So you got Machado, Kim, then you got Abrams and Cronenworth, then you got Tatis, and center Soto, and then you get and fucking Profar, Profar, yep, and then Mazzara. Mazzara is your floater, dog. Exactly. All of a sudden, right? you have a bench for for outfielders. We have no bench for outfielders right now. And th- yeah, we have no bench, but also our bullpen, man. Our bullpen's weak as hell right now, too. Um, we got Drew Pomeranz coming back. Um, he was actually on a- Where's Torres, bro? Uh, Torres, Torres. Jose Torres, the, the big lefty who has a fucking killer slider and a 96-plus fucking fast fastball. Fuck, I don't know. Remember he cut his finger and he, he he's only, he had a cup of coffee with the Padres and like before the COVID, then COVID hit, then he got hurt, then he came back and then he got hurt again. 
Dude, oh. I'm fucking blanking out. Yeah, um, he's a stud. I want him back. And I know he's just there waiting in the fucking shadows, just lurking like, oh, keep throwing in Tim Hill. <laughs> keep throwing in Tim Hill so I can come in and just annihilate what he's doing. Keep throwing in, who's another fucking Craig Stammen. I think the Craig Stammen era is, it, it's, it's officially over, over bro. Yeah, Craig Stammen era is over. Fucking, um, again, we're going to get Drew Pomeranz back. You get, Morajon is now back. So we're getting some bullpen help, man. We we are. It's just it's just a matter of can the team be sustainable up until that point, right? And they have uh, been. They have been. Right. They have been. But can they keep it up for the next? It, it's either do we address all these issues, right? Do we address our outfield? Do we address um, the trades potentially around that? And do we address uh, the bullpen? Do we address it in a very big way? Do we go all in, or do we just try to make these uh, deals on the fringes, right, and try to improve the roster? Um, at this point, it's kind of like nitpicking, right? Like when you're a pitcher and you're just trying to like hit the, you know, hit um, hit the corners. You're just trying to nitpick. You're not attacking. You're not attacking the batter, right? So in this case, it's we have to go all in. I think we have to. I think we have to. So bold predictions. Go. Bold predictions. Second half. This is All Star Week. What are we doing after the All Star? Bold predictions. All right. So I say, obviously, we're, I think we definitely make the playoffs. I don't think we win the division, but I do think we're not there yet. I don't think we will, but I do think we will take the Dodgers. I think from, yeah, I think from a, thanks, bro. Thanks, homie. Appreciate it. Just got some beers in the mm, studio. Brought to you by Ballast Point. Thank you, J-Lo. All right, bold predictions. predictions. Uh, Manny Machado wins MVP. Oh, shit, Naturally. he's going to have to turn it up again. Oh, he will. He's a streaky player, man. Yeah. Uh, but even his down is not as like everyone else's. His good. down is still hitting 310. 100%. <laughs> his down is to everybody else's good, you know? So he'll get hot. So, uh, that, uh, so Machado, uh, MVP. We make the playoffs. I think we go, uh, I want to say, right? The heart in me. We win the World me. Series. We win the World Series, right? Uh, I think if I, if, if I want to be bold, but also tempered, I think we make the NL, uh, NLCS and we lose. Okay. Uh, the next year. Again, too. Not the Dodgers. Hopefully somebody else. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I think, Fuck it, dude. I'd love to go head to head against the Dodgers right? on that stage. I would love to take them, take them out in like a DS, mm -hmm. right? Just take them out early, right? Just fucking like just just drop. five game series over a seven game series. Just drop. Go on a run through three in a row and like just peace. drop dick, bro. Just be like, boom, you're done. Who are their top three pitchers right now for the Dodgers? Yeah, they have Gonsolin. Mm -hmm. He's a stud. Uh, he is. A He's stud. a stud. They don't he got Walker Bueller. He got is Tommy John or no, not? No, yet? no, he got. Um, he had like a tear in his uh, thumb or something like that. He had surgery. Yeah, for a minute. Yeah, he'll he'll be back. Though. He'll be back okay. this year. Um, they got Kershaw, who's having actually a really good year, considering that he's on his fucking contract year. Dustin May. Dustin May is coming he, back. Is he coming back? Uh, he'll, he's set to come back at the end of the season around the same time that uh, Bueller comes in. Like so, I do gets down, dog. I'm a. Bro, that, that he fights. owns the Padres. Bro, that that two seam just cuts in so hard. You saw that video of a while ago that was like getting passed around uh, social media. Uh, just, uh, I think his his two seam fastball breaks like twelve inches off the plate, right into like uh, Manny Machado's hands. Insane, bro. Insane. They're stacked. I mean, Trevor Bauer gone. <laughs> good. <laughs> good, 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 good now. But remember, once upon a time, the Padres were hot on his heels too. Every fucking team was hot on his heels. Everybody bro. Was. But you know what it was? He he tried doing that fucking LeBron James bullshit. Like I'm taking my town to South Beach bullshit. That backfired. And, and it backfired so much, man. Because uh, one, he's not LeBron. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you when you you're asking for trouble, man. You're asking for people to come after you. So whatever whatever the situation costs for it, man, uh, at the end of the day, he owns his decisions and he did what he did. All right, so you own that shit. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, I think currently the Dodgers as constructed, I'm not as scared of them as I was maybe two years ago. 
All right? they, I feel legitimately, Javi, all they have on us is that experience at the next level. Yeah, so the, le the leadership that's used to taking it to the next level, they have that on us. Mm -hmm. There's no way around that. We're getting it. Yep. Y por eso digo, I think we'll, I think we'll get the CS, mm. right? Get everybody their cup of coffee in the playoff, right? All of our young guys, you, hey, we're there. We, we had some success. But then again, that and doesn't always CS. work. Ryan Weathers, he went up, he fucking annihilated, uh, what is his name? Pichy, Cody Ballinger in the NL, what was it? Diaz? It was the Diaz. Okay, and he annihilated them there and boom, come up this year. He's in the minors, bro. Yeah, he's in the minors, man. But if you look at his stats, like, again, I'm not a big deep stats guy, but- um, I do dabble here and there. And if you look at his stats, like his stats, he was never, he, there's a specific fact that tells you if you're good or you're lucky. And if you look at that stat, he was actually one of the luckiest pitchers out of, um, in that 2020 season or that playoff season and 2021. He was one of the lucky. So he had to come back down to earth at some point. Um, but also you got to think for Weathers, man. I, I'm a big fan of Weathers. I think he'll, I think he's- He's his, young, bro. Yep. And I think- He's 22. His, totally. And I think his skill set is actually really well suited out of the bullpen right now. He's sure, as, it's, as it stands out of the bullpen. He's uh, obviously, a big can, body left. You can bro, bring it. You saw how much weight he lost coming into yeah, the season? Yeah. Maybe that was a detriment. Yeah. Remember when David Wells lost weight? Yeah. It wasn't that good. No. It wasn't that good, bro. So, I mean, maybe he put a little bit of pounds on my boy yeah. and you just send him out and say, go to town, yeah. go to task. Yeah. Uh, John know, Daly doesn't look like a golfer, but God damn it, if he doesn't show up damn. every fucking Sunday making the cut, <laughs> wearing outlandish outfits and just nailing eagles, bro. I mean, right, sometimes right. you just got to stick to what you know and, and get it done, man. Yeah, that's true. That, that, that's true. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, man, um, I, I, I obviously there's there's not there's not a lot to be upset about with the Padres right now. Um, there, obviously, there, there's tweaks that we can make. And a lot of this is like want to have, right? I want to have Soto if that doesn't happen. Is that the end of the world? Is our, no. our playoffs? No, we can make we can make. It's decisions. not the end of the world because we're retaining moves. all this talent, and, and we're we still can, retaining and, and ready to go. Exactly, and we still make moves, right? You still, like I said, Ian Happ. In my opinion, I think he's perfectly suited for our staff right Brian now. Brian Reynolds or die. Brian Reynolds, you're a Reynolds fan. You're, uh, you're I, on I, that train. Now I've been on the train, and even when everybody jumped off when he was hitting 210, 220, he's like, man, everyone's down. Everyone's hitting is down. Yep. I mean, even how horrible our our offensive uh, outfield was. Profar was still in the top 10 of all outfielders, bro, in offensive categories. I'm like, shit. Yeah. You know, and then Mazzara's there. So, I mean. It's the balls, man. The dead balls. You think you really, you believe that shit, huh? I think so, man. Right. Yeah, dude. I think dead balls are, I mean, whether it's a conspiracy or it's a, uh, it's a fact. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I, I don't know if they're actually going to come back in the summer. That's what I don't know. But I know that they're definitely dead in from compared to previous years, right? Javi, where can I find your podcast? Man, uh, just about everywhere. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Deep Fire Podcasts. You can go to our website, thedeepfirepodcast.com, buy some cool merch. I got uh, some cool merch today, bro. Exactly, Thank you, bro. Man. Like I said, we came bearing In gifts. Prowler We Trust, some cool shirts. Exactly. Come check us out. Um, we are going to be doing some uh, pretty cool, inter interesting things with a couple brands here in San Diego, um, sports-related. Um, if you are a baseball player, and you enjoy the leather and gloves. I'm pretty sure you. What about can... softball? What about softball? Yeah, I, softball players. <laughs> <laughs> Anything on the diamond. But we got some. We got some really cool things happening, man. Um, and again, really related, really around the culture around the Padres. Again, I love talking Padres. Love, talk, love talking numbers, but really kind of about enriching the culture and community around the Padres. Something that you do uh, extremely well with. With. Thank you, brother. With your genre, with your platform. So uh, appreciate it. And I love the opportunity. Oh, thanks for the opportunity. I'm excited to tap into you and what, and what you bring to the table. So don't be surprised if you just become that fucking, 
that cultural correspondent for the Padres and you keep me in tune with everything. I can hold my own, but with so much shit going on, I, sometimes I get I get lost in some of the things. So fuck, you're going to be my go-to guy. You got the it, official Emo Brown San Diego Padres podcast. Ah, the man. deep fryer. Imagínate. Imagínate. Let's go. I smell partnership. Let's <laughs> Thank go. you for cruising in. I appreciate it. Let's see. Let's hope. Let's light one of these candles and see if Preller can bring home a fucking title for us. If not you this see. season, definitely next season. Thank you very much for popping in, brother. I'll check you soon. All right, brother.